This is the Wandering Berry Center podcast. I am your host, Brian. On the other side is Alex. Hey, everybody. I don't uh, I don't have any ramblings. <laughs> Nothing, huh? No. I mean, there's plenty to ramble about, right? But All right, let me ask you this. What do you think <laughs> about um, rollerblading? Where do you stand? Ooh, cool. that... Cool or not cool? Okay. I'm going to go with cool because... Ooh. Yeah, unpopular opinion. I know. Unpopular opinion. And here's why. Back in the way day... The essence of not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the way day... um, Oh, I just realized my... There we go. Sorry. Recording sensitivity. Um, We had some paved paths back and forth between the different neighborhoods in our where we grew up. Yeah. And one summer I had a pair of rollerblades and just as part of like my just I guess workout and I hesitate to call it a routine, but the point is is that I came up with like a little basically a lap around these things. And <laughs> so I just I quite enjoyed rollerblading as fast as I could around this yeah. loop yeah. of of tarmac basically. And there were a couple points where the the paths were actually banked. So you actually got like, you know, felt kind of cool. And this is, by the way, yeah. this, this is all pre-motorcycle. So I, this is <laughs> maybe the precursor to such things. But then on the flip side of this conversation, uh, there's a place that I go fishing where I currently live. And they're having a great time while they do it. But it's this park and there's a concrete path all the way around. It's probably like a 1.2 mile path all the way around this small, quote, lake pond. Okay. And this couple goes full 80s and will wear a hip mounted uh speaker system and oh my god play 80s music and rollerblade around this place really really and like they're i mean the guy's got the hair she's got the 80s frizzy hair like it's all there everything is there hot are they like the the four wheel you know square setup skates like no no they're not no Really? That's where they. Draw That's the where line? they do. <laughs> it's modern equipment. What the fuck? <laughs> so for now, some, for a couple that seems like they really want to commit, that seems like. I mean, I know, I, I'm sure they have. Though. I'm sure they have the the real uh, the the kind you're talking about, but yeah, just in terms yeah. of performance, how can you go with those? I mean, yeah, they're probably fundamentally worse. Yeah, but but here's the thing: as as I guess objectively weird as that looks, they're having a great time, and you know, sure, it is what. Well, it yeah, is. I saw the, somebody on my way home today, which is why I thought about it, rollerblading on a path, and it's like, wow, I haven't seen somebody do that in a while. It's kind of not very common to see these days, but they look like they're having a good time, and I was just remembering about it. Um, I will say that similar to that, I only see rollerbladers at this park where it's a smooth loop of concrete. I do you think can, they're just more like socially accepted there? I think that is like the place to do it. I can <laughs> honestly say that I've never seen anybody on rollerblades just like on the sidewalk or anything like that. In yeah, in I can't even remember the last time I've seen that. So, well, I was wondering like. You know, it's, it's a tough workout too if you really push. I was gonna say it's a good workout, it's fun, but there's a reason it's not popular. It I think it does look stupid. Right. That's the thing, is what <laughs> it something is fundamentally there about it that just makes it look 
Silly. I'll tell you what, I, uh, I'll speculate that it's a combo of the added height of the wheels mm-hmm. makes you look a little strange. The Just, motion, yeah. especially your arms going back and forth, the motion yeah. kind of looks funny. And then if you're wearing a helmet, that just increases the overall height. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we we do silly looking things for other sports. Biking, you attach yourself to these giant wheels when you're wearing a helmet. True. Um, but my, my counter to it in the silliness is it's quite similar to ice hockey and skating on ice. And sure. You know, people playing hockey are generally badass, and there's a lot, there's other aspects to hockey that make it different than just rollerblading on the road, but... Okay, I've got... The look is quite different. The look is quite different, but on ice, your only option, really, is ice skates. Out on the road, (laughs) you've got skateboards, you've got bicycles, you've got your own two feet, you've got... (laughs) So Yeah, hockey player chose hockey... A roller skater chose roller skates. Chose the roller skates. That's a pretty big difference. Good, good. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. So next time so I not, see one, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them what fa- other types of decisions they make. <laughs> see, see if they're weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It uh, like I would like it to not. I would like it to be cool, I guess. I mean, I'm not a huge... I don't have roller skates anymore, but... I was going to say, do you go to this... What's the reason you're at the park that you're talking about? Fishing. Are you there to roller skate? No, I'm there to fish. No, okay, all right. It's one of the few places out here that has bass, so... Ah. (laughs) Good question. at least we debunked that. (laughs) Or at least came up with something to satisfy our minds regarding it. Um, Alright, so this week, I uh, wanted to keep it a little lighter since I've been going a little heavy on the last couple ones there. So, Real quick, I actually made the same choice, so... Sweet. Yeah. This that seems to happen this more often than not. It does. Alright. Well, I thought this would be a perfect counter to a previous episode, so today I would just want to talk about tea. <laughs> <laughs> Love tea. Yep, we talked about coffee, so we're going to do a similar deep dive here into tea, which is the second most consumed beverage around the world next to water. Did you know that? I was actually going to say coffee, stupidly. <laughs> I was in my head, as soon as you said second most, I was like, because coffee's first, right? Of course. But then, then you think about that, and that is dumb, because if people were drinking more coffee than water... Uh, Dehydration would be an yeah. issue, probably. I would imagine. So, so yeah. uh, is coffee third? Um, I actually don't know. Maybe let's say soda. It's, let's say it's third. No, <laughs> don't say that. I hope it's not soda. Would you be surprised though? No. Yeah. Well, I would be surprised for the rest of the world. I wouldn't be surprised if you sure. told me that about America, but I would be surprised. Yeah, if... yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm narrow-minded, and I'm only thinking about America. Um, so do you, what's your tea habit like? What is it for you? Earl Grey with milk. Earl Grey mm. tea. I put it in the milk second because I'm not an insane person. Um, Wait, what? Oh, if you go over to Europe, specifically England, there is a hot mm-hmm. debate 
about do you put milk in the bottom of the cup and pour everything over the milk or do yep. you pour your hot water in your over your tea bag steep and then put your milk in and i am firmly in that second camp putting well, putting your milk in first to me for, i could list the reasons but it's just crazy. yeah it's crazy i mean the me. first one that comes to my mind is you want to steep your tea at a temperature and dumping it on milk isn't going to help that temperature that, that's the primary reason and the second yeah. reason i would say is there's decent evidence that you actually change the chemical composition of the milk with such hot water <laughs> probably so yeah, you do something that you pay. Yeah, stick to your stick you, to your ways. You destroy the fat molecules, basically. Is is the theory? Is that bad? <laughs> for taste, yeah, I guess. My oh, okay. Opinion. Yeah, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if there was like some carcinogenic. Oh no, problem not that I, there, sh- I mean, know, sure, yeah, probably right. The, um, so yeah, Earl Grey tea is my go-to with milk, mm-hmm. and lately. Um, in an attempt to stave off the allergies, I've been putting honey, local mm. honey, into the oh, tea, nice. and that is delicious. Cool. So do you drink tea a lot? Every day. Do you drink it? Oh, you do drink it every day? Every day. When, usually? Um, I, well, when you, when you came to visit me uh, almost a year ago now, I went on a big coffee kick after you left. <laughs> <laughs> and I was drinking coffee. <laughs> what does that say about me? Okay. When I, uh, so I was drinking coffee as my first beverage in the morning, um, but lately uh, I've I've gone back to tea. Is usually that that cup of tea I described is usually the first thing I drink in the morning, okay. um, either that or a glass of water, and then yeah. tea, uh, and then I usually have coffee when I get to work. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I would say I kind of do the opposite. <laughs> I typically have the hit, the ga- hit the gas hit the gas and then back off later and have some tea at work <laughs> um but honestly the reason not that um i mean it doesn't really matter the but using the coffee before the gym but then um yeah i don't really add any milk or anything like that typically but um if I were to do that in the morning, I typically do like the intermittent fasting and stuff. So adding any milk or anything like that would kind of hinder that a little bit. Yeah, it is funny that you brought that up because I, well, one, the milk, the, the dairy aspect of the milk can be controversial, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, uh, it's pretty much the only way milk makes it into my diet. And it's like, I, I don't know how much, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. So to me, that seems okay. And then, mm-hmm. um, as far as the intermittent fasting thing, I definitely still somewhat do that. But mm-hmm. that cup of tea with the honey and the milk actually does get me. I guess it is technically breaking the the fifty calorie rule or whatever. Uh, I think that rule is bullshit. Yeah. Personally. So <laughs> I do. I do though. the The cup of tea is substantial enough that I, I do usually go to lunch with with yeah. only that cup of tea uh and whatever water coffee. yeah whatever water and caught right right yeah but the honey and the milk in the tea are enough calories i guess to help me ignore the fact that you know well actually yeah. not even actually by this point i'm not even really ignoring it because i've done the intermittent fasting thing for so long that it's totally it's normal to it. yeah yeah nice but i don't know i guess yeah uh, uh 
you might not be able to call it intermittent fasting for me since, as you say, that cup of tea has. Yeah. I've calories. never really been one to add milk to tea. Um, well, it's a very specific kind of tea that you do that for. Yeah. Uh, you would not do that for, so right now you have some sort of uh, medicinal, not medicinal. Oh, yeah. No, you wouldn't do it for that. Um, no. But, uh, nor you know, you pretty much only do it for black teas and then... Mm-hmm. Then going even further, some herbal teas too. Some, but I, I think, at least in my understanding, most of it is is for the Earl Grey tea specifically. Yeah, well, and we can talk about why that is actually in a little bit here. I do um, not know, so yeah. Well, I will teach you. That's why we're here. Uh, all right, so actually, wait, wait, wait. Was, what's your what's yeah, your go to? What's your go to? Um. Well, lately it's actually only been the bluebird tea okay. for the most part. Just because um, our younger sister got me the subscription to it. So, but I'm on my last couple bags, and okay. I'm probably gonna take a break from that stuff for for a while. Just because um, there's actually this other site that I've been wanting to try that sends you well, sends you you buy. Um, <laughs> It's not, a, it's not a charity. <laughs> um, it's tea mostly. Um, it's pretty like I don't know. I don't want to call it bulk, but you know, Bluebird. While they make awesome teas, it's usually blended teas and specialty flavors and blah blah blah. This is more like this is what the the tea strain is, where it comes from, and how it's grown. Like yep. way more um, just. Straight up tea. Yeah. Um, So I kind of want to experiment with some of those and, you know, from different parts of the world and stuff. I forget what the name of the site is, though. I got to find it. The Bluebird stuff, though, definitely I do enjoy. I have a number of them that our sister sister gave me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do go for those usually on weekends when I'm... Yeah. You know, no, they're and, really good. Yeah, they they do. They had this Mm -hmm. one. I drank all of it. But it actually had a few coffee beans in it. Yep. I yeah, think I've had dude, it. I demolished that one. I know it's. They have a couple that are like so so good, um, but I think my standard, you know, just talking about categories of tea, my go-to is green tea, actually. Yeah. Now, I, I really, I'll let, I'll I really let you. I'll tea. let you get a move on, but real quick on the All green right, tea. In my opinion. When you're doing the green tea, you got to spend. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably true for all teas, but you got to spend the money to get good green tea. I've had. Yep. Yeah. We have we have Lipton green tea at work. Oh, that's uh, it's just the worst. Yeah. Well, they're using like, you know, tastes like um, chalk. Yeah, they're just using the lowest quality in terms of of the tea, and they're using like the clippings and stuff. I read somewhere, I don't know how true this is, but I remember seeing something about like, you know, the Lipton tea bags. Just talking about the the black tea, for instance, is like a lot of it's even just like <clears throat> the branches and you know, scraps basically of what would be normal tea leaves, I guess. I guess it's bottom of the barrel type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made me think of Mountain Brew. <laughs> the leftover, like, didn't the make walk. the cut for Keystone. Yeah, leftover beer. The bad Dude, batches Mountain of beer. Mountain Brew, though. Got us through You're some from times. New York. Mountain Brew Ice specifically. What a deal. <laughs> what a deal. Six percent alcohol for like three three for? and a half, maybe dollars. Nothing for yeah, for a six pack. <laughs> anyway. 
All right, so I wanted to start off, I actually, um, you know, wanted to start with the history, but before we get into the facts, there's a couple, like, um, stories, I guess, that I want to share that I found. So I'm going to read them directly. So the, I got these, at least the way they're written here, from MightyLeaf.com, um, but I thought maybe they were just the only ones who really had these, but then I kept seeing versions paraphrased differently of these same exact stories okay. in a couple places. So they're just kind of fun. Um, and they're in regards to, um, you know, where tea was discovered and how it came about and whatever. So the first one. According to Chinese legend, the history of tea began in uh, 2737 BCE when the emperor Shen Nong, a skilled ruler and scientist, accidentally discovered tea while boiling water in the garden, or excuse me, discovered tea. While boiling water in the garden, a leaf fell from an overhanging wild tea tree, drifted into his pot. <clears throat> excuse me, the emperor enjoyed drinking the infused water so much that he was compelled to research the plant further. Legend has it that the emperor discovered tea's medicinal properties during his research. So this guy was just sitting in his garden, happened to have some boiling water, and the leaf just found its way into his pot. Dude, I've always wondered how stuff like this. I always imagine this is how it has to happen. Okay, so this coffee seems pretty reasonable to me, right? Like this is a this is an urban legend, but it actually seems pretty reasonable. It does. And so coffee, like who was the first person to take what we learned are actually the insides of the coffee plant, the bean? <laughs> who thought to like roast those and then eventually put the, like how did i always wonder how probably things like those that. little those little mammal creatures that are eating and pooping them out actually, that's right. they, they probably <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird part of that one <laughs> um yeah i've always wondered how like stuff like like food things like this get discovered and and what you just laid somebody's out somebody's got to do it first right somebody has to do it first and what you just laid out to me seems like yeah. honestly the most plot nobody's just gonna I have this boiling water and I have all these plants. I'm just going to start sticking them in. Like, that just doesn't right. seem correct. I'm just going to try all these different concoctions. I mean, maybe uh, somebody was super inquisitive and. I don't know because. It's hard to know. It's I can see it being. It's a lot easier when there's like something hanging off a tree that looks like something I might want to bite into. Like, you, and then you either enjoy it and live and move on or you die. Yeah, because you like, could totally boom. see. Knowledge, you know, but. It, is it's 2000 BCE and you're boiling your water outside. I'm like thinking about New York when the leaves fall and a whole bunch of autumn leaves accidentally fall in your water that you were boiling, that you walked away from for 20 minutes and you came back and you're like, Oh shit. Now I've got in that case, ruined water, but mm -hmm. that could easily happen in any place where the leaves fall off a tree or a tea plant. Right. Anyway, Go ahead. Yeah, so, well, okay, so here we go. So, as reasonable as that one sounds, the second story is on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> okay. So, it's quite fun. <laughs> okay. Indian history attributes the discovery of tea to Prince, uh, hopefully don't pronounce this wrong, Bodhidharma, an Indian saint who founded the Zen school of Buddhism. So in the year 520, he left India to preach Buddhism in China. To prove some Zen principles, he vowed to meditate for nine years without sleep. So already, here we go. Nine years without sleep. It is said that towards the end of his meditation, he fell asleep. 
Upon awakening, he was so distraught that he cut off his eyelids and threw them to the ground. Get those eyelids on the ground. Legend has it, legend has it that the tea plant sprung up on the spot to, sacri- uh, to sanctify his sacrifice. Is it so, weird that up until the moment the tea plant sprung up, I was like, I mean, I guess so. But the moment that like a tea plant <laughs> sprung out of nowhere from eyelid, I like what? Yeah, sprung up on the spot. That's what it says. <laughs> like, and you know he saw it. He had no eyelids to close. <laughs> but a more logical person would have said, "I mean, I'm like, I'm like touching my eyelid right now. That's a that's a precision cut to make twice." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first one went a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, this guy was willing to meditate for nine years without sleep. Uh, let's let's dissect that a quick moment. Yeah, call bullshit on that. Well, dude, he didn't fall asleep till the end, so he made it. I would say seven years, roughly, <laughs> <laughs> with the facts I have. Um, yeah, that's so, I just like the contrasting, um, you know, just how different those two stories are and how extreme the one is compared to how believable the other is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the the first one on that one. Yeah, I have to choose one for sure. That sounds a little more logical. Um, all right. So otherwise, um. Aside from the myths, definitely tea originated in southwest China. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, the kind of the time and the location is pretty debatable, it seems. Um, you know, you get a lot of, like, references to it in ancient Chinese texts from various dynasties and stuff, but it's not really sure exactly when it was first discovered, per se. Yeah, it's hard to know um, that stuff way back. Yeah, so um, it kind of, I guess it started to become popular, at least from a you know common consumption standpoint, during the Han Dynasty, which uh, if you're not up to speed on your Chinese dynastic timelines, that's like <laughs> 2nd century BCE. Ah, that's of course. I'm getting that one right. Yeah, of course. Right. I know you already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I guess originally tea, um, despite what our first myth was all about, um, it was eaten like a veggie. It wasn't really brewed into a, a beverage. It was so I guess they had identified that they enjoyed this plant, but it was eaten like a salad, <laughs> or maybe in, in addition to. Um, but yeah, not brewed into a drink. Um, but just I guess over the course of time. Um, Chinese, the Chinese people decided that, you know, consuming it as a beverage was more preferred. So that kind of took over in terms of, um, common consumption method. But yeah, so definitely significantly or significant to China from like a cultural perspective. Um, they're writing about it in poetry. It was a subject of art. Um, funny enough, uh, you know how like these days you see, hipsters in coffee shops making art out of coffee foam espresso yes. foam probably yes. i guess they used to do that with um with matcha foam matcha is like the really fine ground yeah yeah tea 
and then you brew that, and it gets foamy. I guess they used to do that. So they're not as original as they thought. Or the hipsters are way more no, hipstery no, no. than they thought. Well, okay, yeah, I suppose that's... <laughs> this is something that the ancient Chinese used to do. Exactly. We're just trying to, you know, relive and pass their spirit on. Honor them. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were the sole growers of tea for, you know, a long time for the most part. I bet um, that was a dope time to be a tea salesman. You can only um, get it. You have a yeah, monopoly. Yeah, within China at least, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if you were Chinese trying to sell it to anybody else in the outside world, well, like you can only get it here. Yeah, that's, well, that time was during the Tang Dynasty, ah. which I want you to now guess where that lies on the Chinese um, dynastic timeline. Century-wise. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much just have to guess the Seventh. The seventh century. Uh, so 600s. A.D.? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Seventh oh, shit. to ninth century A.D. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> See? That was a legit Expert. guess. That was a legit guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this is when it really started to, like, spread around. So this is probably when it would be dope to be a tea salesman or grower. Or anything related to tea. Um, so the first place it went outside of China was Japan. Um, they kind of had their own little tea culture thing going on there. Um, but it wasn't until the 1660s um, that it made its way to UK, which is when things changed completely. Um, wow, that's late. Yeah, so it kind of just like stayed in um, Asia, you know, Japan, China, India... Um, throughout that time, it didn't really make its way west for a while. Um, yeah, so 1660s, but not really until the 1800s did it become actually popular. I forget who popularized it personally, but whatever. It kind of ramped up from, you know, through the 1700s. Um, so putting milk or sugar in tea was Definitely not something the Chinese did, or anybody in Asia, for that matter. Totally it was totally it. the Brits. Yeah, I totally did that. that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and now I feel kind of bad, because I'm not being traditional. But oh well, it's well, delicious. It depends, I guess, on how far back you want to put Omid, your line of tradition. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so as it became more popular... You know, prices continue to fall, and they're bringing more and more of it into into Britain, um, to the point where in 1750, this cracked me up. British, it was declared the British national drink in 1750. So you know, they stole that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, after really? working, after working tirelessly to smuggle <laughs> silkworms out of China, oh to my God. yeah. Just taking stuff out of China. Just it's ours now. Yeah. So, um, interestingly, uh, in that time, in the eighteen hundreds, sometime I don't have the exact year, but there was like some event that caused coffee production to dip by like ninety five percent. So it was essentially not being made, which was also conveniently, you know, when tea was becoming very, very popular, so it kind of, like, helped cement tea in 
culture, or, or in cultures, I should say, in the Western world and just around the world in general. Coffee wasn't available, so next best thing, I guess. Um. <clears throat> this kind of explains a little bit the Boston Tea Party. Like, if you think about that objectively, I mean, one, mm -hmm. they were doing it as a symbolic thing of, like, you know, we're not subject to your will and all that, but, like... Yeah tea was obviously a huge thing and like throwing yeah. tea into the harbor was a huge thing but the deal. timelines you're suggesting right now or i shouldn't say suggesting but are talking about right <laughs> these alleged <laughs> these alleged timelines <laughs> like, uh, you never taken anything i've said to be actually true in any of this. <laughs> uh, tea would have been a relatively speaking new thing like only maybe a yeah. hundred, hundred fifty at the most type year, you know, years old for for those people. So like, and tea I think was... it was even particularly late to arrive to the uh, to the U.S. So, um, when did the Boston Tea Party happen? It's gonna be before seventeen seventy six, right? Yeah. But not yeah. too much before that. I honestly don't remember the year, but it's gonna be seventeen sixty ish. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so I mean, it it was a huge. It is still a huge deal, but it was particularly at the time. So yeah, you're you're definitely right about that. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So, but I guess to originally get all this tea, Britain was trading um, silver directly for tea. Um, okay. Okay, so I guess that eventually became too expensive for them to do, or you know, they didn't have. Maybe not from a number standpoint, but they didn't have enough silver to really keep that and make it sustainable. Yep. Um, for the amount of tea that they wanted. So, what did they trade instead? Opium. Oh, no. Yep. So, that's where that whole. That's where that series kicked off. of. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, what sparked the first opium war and, and down that whole path that we don't need to get into. But, um, yeah, that's where that comes from. So, they started. Shh. Granted, you know trying to you read. Apparently, I don't know what the terms were. Maybe they were forced into it, but do you know where and and where opium comes from? Yeah, the Middle East primarily. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's colonialism for you. You know, imperialism. What do you mean? Oh, just that. You know, the the major European powers would have not been able. They, you know, they weren't growing opium in England. They're growing it in what was or what is now Afghanistan and those kinds of oh, places. Oh, I see what you're saying. And they were just able to leverage that to get more mm -hmm. tea just a, just an okay. interesting use yeah, of yeah. uh example of of wielding power i suppose mm -hmm. damn tea's got all kinds of political yeah, shit man. wrapped and up listen, listen to this they um <laughs> so not only did they first okay so there's three levels of just debauchery here um declaring it their national britain's national drink in 1750 it's pretty uh, arrogant. Pretty pretty arrogant and pretty lame. So then they start the whole opium um, crisis in China. And then they decide that they don't want to rely on China anyway for the tea. So they send... Um, they, as in the East India Trading Company, sent a botanist spy into China. And he basically steals tea plants and even recruits tea growers, gets them out of China, brings them to India, and sets up shop there, where they now have direct trading already set up, and they no longer 
need to rely on China for their beloved national drink. For the record, real quick, (laughs) I I mentioned it earlier, but this is exactly what they did with silk. Right. Like in the 1200s. So Mm -hmm. they have a a well vetted plan here of how to how to steal stuff out of China. They they just dusted off the book of, (laughs) you know, successful plans opened up to page whatever and. Oh, of course. Steps one through five on how to. <laughs> uh, oh right, I forgot over. about step. I forgot about step four. <laughs> Embezzle? No. Oh right, the botanist spy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of. I definitely almost upset. just fell out of my chair. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not. Yeah, like you said, it's not. Um, unheard of behavior from from the people across the pond there, but still pretty crazy. All right, so we're keeping the sight, so let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> uh, the tea plant itself. So, um, yeah, so this is actually where, um, keep coffee in mind through the rest of this, because it, the parallels are, are actually pretty pretty interesting. Um, so basically there are two main varieties of tea grown. So they're called, or well, I guess the tea species plant is called, I'm going to butcher this, but Camellia sinensis, sinensis. Um, and basically all tea comes from that plant. Just like all coffee is coming from that tree. And right. it depends on how it's grown, where it's grown, how it's processed. That gives you different types of coffee. It's the processing that makes the type of tea. So whether it's, you know, green tea, black tea, oolong tea, it doesn't matter. It all starts from this tea species of plant, which is like kind of a shrub or small tree. Um, and then, you know, all those other factors, where, what, how, when. Um, go I knew into that, making the tea. I knew that to be the case for white tea and green tea, mm-hmm. but I did not know. I would have guessed that the black tea family came from something totally different. That's what I, I always thought. I would that have. I would have guessed that. Yeah. There was, you know, like this is the plant species that black tea comes from, and here's right, the one. Right. That, but no. Um, and then, and then the last point on on the plant. Um, so generally there's a correlation between tea leaf quality and the age of the leaf. So you generally want a younger, um, leaf. It's just going to be generally considered higher quality for whatever reasons, I guess. But, um, yeah, younger the better. So types of tea, um... So I'm going to kind of go, at least in the first couple here, in order, specifically, um, starting with white tea. So, and that one's first because it's the least processed. You mentioned it already. Yeah. It's picked from the plant super young. So, like, I mean, the the leaves haven't even, like, spread out from the buds yet when it's picked. Super young. Also contributes to its cost, I imagine. um, Is it generally more expensive? I'm not sure. Uh, well, I guess my, where I was going with that was you, since you're picking the leaves so early, they're going to be smaller mm-hmm. and you're just 
per acreage of tea plant, you're just oh, going to get true. you're just going to get less white tea than you would yeah, other teas. That would be my true. guess. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, low caffeine. I think this one has the lowest caffeine from like the actual tea plant. That's my understanding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess this would probably be equivalent to, like, your lightest roasts of coffee available. If we're whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. No, 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 it isn't, it isn't the light roast coffees the most caffeinated? Uh, sorry, not in terms of caffeine, but in terms of, like, flavors and stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because you're getting Because I've been going like hard on my, origins. I've been going hard on the light roast coffee since that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been experimenting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. With different different roasts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with the white tea, I guess you're, you know, since there's no oxidation, which we'll see is the the process of making the other teas, there's no oxidation in the process, really. Um, and they're picked so young that you're getting, like, a lot of the actual tea tree flavors. So that's more imperative to the flavor of the white tea, just like how I really light roast coffee it depends on you know geography of where it's grown and blah 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 all that right, that we talked right. about go back and listen <laughs> um so next would be green tea so what happens here is there's a little bit of processing but basically the leaves are picked and then they're put directly into whatever the heat mechanism is that that they're doing some sort of oven or whatever and what the heat does is it um stops any oxidation from happening so when you pick a leaf, I guess oxidation just is going to start naturally. Um, and I don't know necessarily the oxidation of what in the leaf necessarily, but... Here's my guess. Uh, when you pick the leaf, the you're breaking the leaf off from the tree, right? So now you have right. an exposed yeah. area sure. of the yeah. inside of the plant. Mm-hmm. Oxygen is not supposed to touch that. Okay. So that, yeah. So I didn't know, ex- you know, the chemical process necessarily of what was being converted no 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 i'm just speculating but yeah that exposed area um yeah so basically it results in in near zero oxidation because it's picked and heated directly so you know i guess a higher the, the greener the tea the less or the quicker it's gone from picking to heating right um which is also the reason it's so low in caffeine as well um the next in terms of processing, would be oolong. Um, kind of basically between green tea and black tea in terms of oxidation. Um, so next, logically, would be black tea, which is regarded as a fully oxidized tea. So, um, you know, during the processing of this, I guess it's not like a, a leaf and you just kind of let it sit there. You break it up, you mash it up, um, basically to get it to fully oxidize, right? You need to expose more of it to the air. You can't mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. let the little stem hang out Do there. all the work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, black tea generally is going to have the highest caffeine. So like 50 so, milligrams is an average per 8 ounces. Is that because there's more leaf per cup for black tea? Or does the oxidation process actually increase? I'm under the impression that it's the oxidation process, but... I could be wrong on that because, okay. okay. I mean, you do get, 
you know, higher concentration, though, of black tea, I think, because they let the leaves wilt first and dry out. Right, and then so they they're smaller. Them. Right. So they're smaller. So That's if you what were I was to thinking. Have... But at the same time, I mean, it's not like green tea is wet when you take it out of the bag or anything like that. Nope. It's also dry and, um, I mean, there's different types, but yeah, I'm not sure. I I was under the impression from my research that it was due to the oxidation process. Yeah, I mean, Um, I certainly would would buy that. I'm not smart enough to know if that's chemically possible. Well, that's different than the coffee, right? The coffee... The, 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 the processing part of it actually reduced right right the caffeine the caffeine, the caffeine was, was most already prevalent in, in the unprocessed plant right right yeah um, so black tea is the most popular in the Western world for sure um, and I guess that's because caffeine and caffeine and it lends itself to putting milk and sugar in it which we like to do so. Yeah. Um, okay, so this next one, honestly, I have no idea how to say it. It's oh, P- it starts with a P, yeah. Yep. Yeah, P-U apostrophe E-R-H. So I think it's... Pure? Oh, pure. Pure. It's almost like... I, I honestly don't know the proper <laughs> pronunciation, but yeah, it's. I, I think know. the first part is definitely pure. Well, it's just P-U. Oh, wait a second. Oh, well, I'm not going to speculate I'm, that. I don't know. I've had P-U it before, though. It's very strong. E-R-H. Yeah. Well, the reason for that is um, they actually let the leaves themselves ferment. Oh, that's why. So, it's yeah. very, so it's, it's like a very Kambuka tense tea. where you're fermenting the brewed tea. You're actually fermenting the leaves. Interesting. And it takes a long time to do, like up to a year, I guess. It's very expensive. Yeah, so it makes it expensive. It can be even stronger than black tea. Um, yep. And I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any processing really happening before um, the fermentation starts. So I think you basically effectively be starting with green tea leaves um, for all intents and purposes, and then you know fermenting those. Toss them in know, a barrel, put a right, lid on it, or hang them up. Maybe. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know what you ferment it with. I don't know. Probably some starting culture to get it going, but once yeah, it's once yeah. it's in a barrel with a little bit of liquid or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, probably gets rolling. Yeah. So these nut- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I'm trying to think about how to pronounce that word because <laughs> I bought some really nice, whatever that tea is, years ago, and I loved mm-hmm. it. And at that time, I tried to figure out how to pronounce it. And... I'm gonna go full. Ex- uh, Disclosure here. My extent on figuring out how to pronounce it was to see if my computer would read it <laughs> out loud, and it didn't. It just spelled it, and then I stopped. <laughs> so that's, uh, I we didn't have, try that hard. We have day jobs, people. We gotta. <laughs> um, yeah, I made a list, goddammit. I'm appealing to the short attention spans of, of our youth. So the next couple are actually not tea in the traditional sense. Um, they're going to be thought of as tea in general um, and sold as such, but they don't come from the tea plant. So the first one is yerba mate. So this is a South American tea. from. It's actually a species of the holly plant. 
um, which I thought oh, was interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a tea in the sense that you're putting hot water over it and making a beverage out of it, but it's it's not coming from the same plant. Um, but it has a lot of benefits to it. Um, it's rich in antioxidants and stuff, and uh, has its own flavor going on. But I know that it can be controversial because um, traditionally the leaves are heated over like an open wood fire, which anytime you do that, you're introducing carcinogens into the equation. Cancer. So, you know, I got to bring a little bit of cynicism into this because that's the show. Um, yeah, so I think you can actually, you can get versions of yerba mate that are not, uh, processed in that way. I can't say I've ever had that tea. I have. It's good. Try it. Okay. Um, there's this one brand that you're going to see in the store, most common, um, and it's in a yellow box. And it's Don't got get some... it? No, no. I'm just saying okay. it's the most common one you'll see. Okay. <laughs> uh, next is, I think I'm pronouncing this one right, Ruibos. R-O-O-I-B-O-S. Never heard of this either. Ruibos. Probably pronouncing it wrong. Well, it's a oxidized herbal tea that's from South Africa. Um, and it's just got its own unique flavors to it. Um, I don't know. The ones I've had, I've always been from the Bluebird Tea Company, and they've always had like a smoky flavor to it. But when I was reading about it, they kept saying that it had more of like a sweetness to it, which in my experience isn't the case. But, you know, I'm who, dealing who are we blended. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so no caffeine, but it's super nutrient and antioxidant dense. Um, so it's actually a pretty good option if you're. How is that looking... spelled again? I think I've seen it before. R O O I B O S. Okay, yeah, I've seen it. It typically before. looks red when it's cured and sold. Oh, okay, okay. I have had. And like okay, thin needle like. Yeah, I uh, have leaves. had this before. Yeah, I have. It's had good. This. It's really good. It is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that uh, is, you know, totally worth mentioning here is herbal teas, which. Um, in, in the purest sense of the word are not teas at all because they're herbs and flowers and lemongrass and chamomile and things like that, you know, getting as extreme as like putting nuts, seeds and fruits in there and everything. Um, so you can have that side of the herbal teas or you can mix those types of things in with the other, um, right. actual types of teas that we're talking about, you know, like adding, lemongrass for example to green tea or that type of thing so it would be kind of like an herbal mix so my grocery store not too long ago had actual whole lemongrass stalks for sale which i had never seen before i've never seen that either and i bought them not knowing at all what i was going to do with them and Mm -hmm. i ended up making just straight lemongrass quote tea with them Mm. by just boiling water and taking some of the roots of this stuff and tossing it in and it was delicious Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And I actually still have some. I should add it to a black tea. There you go. Yeah, make your own. There you go. Yeah, I'd never seen... It looks like... Uh, it kind of looks like... Small sugar cane, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a gra- it is a grass. It looks like... But it's got a thick, like, maybe half an inch diameter. No, inch diameter. Half an inch radius. Uh... Like where at the base, so it's it's oh, thick. It's pretty large. thick. At, yeah, it's thick at the base, like and that's a what you stalk cut. Of, uh, yeah, broccoli that's what, or something. Right, that's what you cut. 
uh, you don't use the yeah. actual the yeah, actual yeah. tip of it. You don't really use. All right. Very last thing I want to mention. Um, how could I leave this part out? Is the health benefits of tea. Um, <laughs> so as I already mentioned, a lot of them are full of like antioxidants and vitamins and minerals and all that stuff. So that's good. You're going to get that in various forms from a lot of these. Um, so another one is, it's pronounced, I believe, L-thionine. L-T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E. Um, so that's naturally occurring in the tea plant. And I guess there's been studies and they've, they've measured um, the effect on brainwaves. It definitely promotes like a calmer state of mind. This, so if you ever feel that when you're drinking green tea or whatever, there is an actual... Um, there's some basis. There is some basis there. You know, the strength of it is going to depend on many things, I'm sure. But there is something there. Um, but interestingly, people will combine this with, um, in an, like an extracted form, they'll combine it with higher, ca uh, caffeine levels. Um, typically athletes are doing this so you, and it gets labeled as a nootropic, which is a discussion all its own, but, um, yeah, combining this L-thionine or theanine, um, with higher caffeine is supposedly supposed to give you some of that caffeine boost without the jitters. So they kind of balance each other a little bit. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Some other benefits, um, white tea and green tea particularly can be good for acne. You'll see these as like as, uh, extracts and ingredients in beauty products a lot of the times. Um, general anti-inflammatory properties in a lot of the teas. Uh, and then the last one, um, something called catechins, which is in the tea plant. i never heard of this before, but um, a lot of proven effects like um, microbial benefits like anti-flu virus effects even, uh, regulates cholesterol and blood pressure, um, and it even helps inhibit uh, cancer cell growth in some, uh, you know, instances. So Dang. I don't know how much, but pretty powerful stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's hard to quantify a lot of those things, but uh, general consensus is that you know being a regular tea drinker is only going to help you so yeah yeah that should be the takeaway from that um there was something i think it's called uh soy lechen lechen yeah it's a soy so, derivative i don't remember how it's processed i think it's a it's used as a preservative but uh you had this is years ago now but you had told me one day years ago you know hey keep an eye out for like some of the more mainstream teas and, and flavored teas, they put this soy stuff in there yeah, for, I yeah. don't know what it's for, but maybe a preservative, like you said. I think uh, it is. But it's it's soy-based, which has a whole, again, uh, that's a whole other discussion, but potentially hormone imbalancing mm -hmm. chemicals in it. Um, so sure enough, I, that day, literally that day, like you texted <laughs> me. And I think I pretty much got up to go get a cup of tea, like right then and there, and started looking at all the stuff that was in the work cabinet. And every single one of them had it in there. So all the Liptons, all the stash, all the everything. Yeah. So yeah. get get some. I get think some... it's one of those things that's debated. Like you'll get people swinging both ways on it, whether it's harmful or not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I 
I felt a little duped when I thought all I was, you know, consuming was the tea leaf, and that was it. But yeah, turns yep. out that wasn't the case. So I think that requires a little more looking into um, these days, with more recent information. But yeah, it's in most of them. Yeah, well, most of the mainstream ones, you can easily yeah. find tea without it. Oh, for sure. You know the uh, the Earl Grey that I drink does not have any in it. Yeah. All right. That's all you wanted to say on tea? Yep, that's it. I think I've, I've talked enough about it. Yeah, I love tea. It's a magical drink. There's it a is. reason it's number two in the world. It's, it is Behind interesting, coffee. too, I to, like... Behind water. It's, it's interesting to think about, like, how long humans have been drinking tea in, like, in a small oh God, way. Thousands a, and thousands of years. Yeah, in a small way, you're kind of, like, continuing, like, uh, a tradition. To harken yeah. back to an old I mean, people episode. were drinking tea long before the pyramids were even built. Yeah. Yeah, 2000 cool. BCE. I mean, that's... Jesus was late to the party. <laughs> they had tea waiting for him. <laughs> <laughs> they say we've 2,000 years of experience into that cup. So that's right. <laughs> I hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the same way... Or, no, sorry, not the same way, but... Uh, the way that uh, tea, and specifically, I'm already forgetting though that one type of tea makes you feel calm and at peace and, and gets mm-hmm. you into that good mental place. My topic is the complete opposite and gets you <laughs> infuriated and just <laughs> really mad. So, um, this is mostly like a self uh, moment of introspection or, or whatever. Um, so I down. My topic is, uh, I guess, mobile games, but more the more the tactics that mobile games and the internet in general use to trick you in a way. Oh so the story, and it's going to stay way lighter. You know, we're not going to delve into like psychology or, or really deep or anything. But the point is, is that the other day, I I don't have any mobile games. We I, I used we play games all the time and we like video games and so for someone who really enjoys video games on either the PC or your Xbox or whatever mobile games are kind of like this. It's what a layman would go play rather than a serious gamer. Like mobile games suck basically. Yeah, and there's like a couple. So the game I've been playing on not even on my phone, just on an iPad. So call it mobile, I guess. Um, is Pocket Tanks, which and originally see that, is a desktop game. Right, right. Uh, that's, and that's a, that's a great game, by the way. That's a classic. So that's <laughs> that's really it, though. That's pretty much where it ends. If so, I see a game that interests me, I'll download it, and it usually stays on my phone for, you know, that first run, and then okay. I'll never go back to it, or I'll delete it right then. I just, so, but you, would you say you have decent experience, at least, in, in playing a couple games? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so you'll be able to to chime in here oh no i've already thought of multiple tactics in my head all right I'm good, pretty sure good. you're referring to good um so the other day i i don't know what exactly compelled me to do it but i went and i wanted to play a fishing game very badly <laughs> so sure enough i found one and i'll start off by saying that objectively speaking of all the fishing games i've ever played which i guess isn't a ton but it's quite good they have a lot of different varieties of I won't name the game but it's uh, made by a lure company so I'll we'll say that uh, and 
it, it's good. I mean, it's a good game, but mm-hmm. what I ended up like for a number of reasons, just getting frustrated with it, but it was almost like, and this is mostly just like a bitch fest, this whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Get ready. I did no research. I did no research beyond my own feeling. That's first-hand experience. Though. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, like, it is almost like you're playing two games, and it, and the fishing game here uh, is even a better example than most because the game itself is actually good. Most mobile games, from what I understand, aside from maybe Candy Crush or whatever, you know, aren't even really that good. But anyway, um, so you're almost playing two games. You're playing the game itself and the mechanics Mm -hmm. of of the phone game or the mobile game, but then you're also playing this game of don't get tricked by the game. (laughs) You're playing this whole, you're playing this little mental game with it where, in my experience, at least with this one game, maybe I should have gone and played some other ones to see what other people were doing, but I'll, I'll leverage you for that. You know, you've got all these things that are baked into the game that, like, try to get you to spend money or get Mm -hmm. you to accidentally spend money or all these kinds of things. So, for example, uh, in this game, this fishing game, you have two levels of currency. You have gold bars and you have silver coins. That's pretty typical from my experience. Right? It's a free-to-play game. It's a free-to-play game, but I can totally... Obviously, I can pay money to get further faster. Yeah. So, yeah, two currencies, that's common. Okay, so... And and they're pretty upfront, at least in, uh, at first, about, you know, like, when if you want to go pay for the gold bars or go pay for the gold coins, all the prices are there. And granted, mm-hmm. actually, let me step back. We are now in a post-world, as far as this is concerned, because there was a, a moment where mobile games were totally, quote, unregulated, especially by Apple, where they could be even more underhanded in their tactics to get people to pay money than they can now. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. But so nowadays, maybe I want to say like from 2014 or so, uh, Apple at least doesn't let you, if you were a mobile game developer, they don't let you do certain things that make it really easy for people to spend money. There are a couple, mainly the, the one barrier in the way is a message that literally says, are you sure you want to pay money? Uh, but anyway, so you have these two currencies, and if you go to like the shop or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty clear. Pay five bucks for however many gold bars. Pay five bucks for however many silver coins. But yep. the way the one one of the mechanics in this game is when you catch a fish, you got to put it into your bucket, and a timer starts on that fish. And the longer you let the timer go, uh, the more money you'll get when you quote you know when you cash in the fish oh, that's interesting but you can okay. speed uh, you could speed up this process by paying <laughs> by paying gold bars the more expensive of the two currencies but the exchange rate for paying gold bars to speed up the processing time of these fish i guess mm-hmm. is like criminal it's like 10 gold bars which is a couple bucks to get yep. seven silver coins and a little bit of experience oh boy and they don't tell you that if you get to this screen and you cancel you lose the fish anyway so you could let this fish process for however many minutes or hours depending on the fish you catch yeah and 
if you open this screen to potentially speed up the fish, one, if you actually pay the gold bars, you're you're totally losing out. It's and it, and it, it's it's not really if you're not paying attention, it's there's nothing on screen to tell you that you're paying a losing deal, nothing. And mm-hmm. then if you hit cancel, you're screwed anyway. So even going into this really? screen, yeah, even going into this screen, that seems really cheap. Yeah. I don't like that at all. No, no. Um, and yeah, also, of I course, mean, that... the the well, real quick, of course, the, yeah. the the button to do the exchange is green, while all the other buttons are red. Of course. Huh. Yeah. So another little. Just another little just thing. Just trying to get you to make an impulse. Right. Like you know. Right. Out of habit, click. Um. Okay, so I mean, that time-related increase or benefit or. You know, your fish in the bucket is equivalent to, um, I'm thinking of a game I played recently that, you know, basically had you build a little city and, you know, you had to get to a certain population, I think, to move on to the next level. Right. Um, So your fish in the bucket growing whatever in the bucket is the equivalent to the population growing over time. And I could have paid, you know, one of the two currents. So the one currency that you got easier in the game was used to buy things for your city that would increase the population. You know, you needed to have certain things to increase the population to thus get to the level to move on to the next one. Um, or you could use the more expensive of the two currencies, or valuable, I guess, um, to, you know, artificially grow or multiply your um, your population. Effectively, you could just pay your way to the end of the game if you wanted. Which is like, Why? Totally defeats the purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the game you're playing is... It's a waiting game, and it's a test of your patience. That's all you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is you're playing a game with yourself. It's crazy. Playing... So, in this... In in the... uh, With the fish bucket, you get Mm -hmm. six slots. So, if you're trying to maximize your time, Mm -hmm. you catch six fish... And you put it down for however long. And so the next sort of like thing that I identified is like these games need a way to keep you to come back to the game. So that is one of them. So let me Uh, ask you, if you fill up your six buckets, can you close the app and come back a week from then and it'll be maxed out and... Yes, you do not have to leave the game open. The fish do process while the game is shut. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, so what does it get you? What's your objective here? Uh, well, the fi- letting the fish sit in the bucket gets you, potentially, if you catch a really big one, all three currencies, uh, meaning gold, silver, and experience to grow your level. And okay, so by, growing, is, your le- by yeah. growing your level, you get lures and all that, yeah. Okay. And do you unlock like new fishing spots and different yep. fish that you can yep. catch? and yeah, Different lakes. Yeah. Yep. In fact, one of our one of Lake George back in New York is one of the lakes. Really? Yeah. Can I upgrade I my boat? No. You can upgrade your rod and reel and the line that you use. Okay. All right. No boats though. Okay. Shore fishing only. Can you create? Oh, really? Yeah, it's all lame. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so some other ways that the game like keeps you coming back 
and again, it's, I just started thinking, like, I, I just never play mobile games. And so playing this game was just like a, a, a journey in, like, just learning about this type of world. Because, for mm-hmm. uh, again, for, for you and me at least, uh, these types of systems don't exist in traditional gaming i don't no. play, i don't turn on halo and have to wait 10 minutes before i can start a game or what you know whatever it is you don't you don't do that you do have to wait for your shield to regenerate you, yeah which takes <laughs> a couple seconds um so there's a 24 hour timer in the game that uh you can go play a little mini game to get free gold and silver <laughs> Yep. There is, is dude. So many of these games are the same philosophy, just different skins, right? Um, you have to pay money to even go on a lake. It's that's a lake permit. You have to buy a permit for the lake. But well, the game's got to be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you could easily get yourself into a point. I mean, the where you ran out. If you suck at the game, you could run out of money, and then you need to go buy silver coins to even get on the lake. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's achievements such as catch seven fish. I'm sorry, catch a fish seven days in a row. Catch a fish 14 days in a row. So mm-hmm. if you want that achievement, you have to open up the app every day and catch a fish. Of course. There's huge achievements like catch 500 fish total. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just. <laughs> so I have one that. Yeah. Can I can I share some? Uh, oh yeah yeah. yeah. I'm just um, bitching about this whole thing. I just got a <laughs> list of stuff. <laughs> so from that, you're going to like this one. That game, that city game, and I don't even remember the name, even if I wouldn't say it, even if I could. But um, So, yeah, so the goal is to get your population to a point so you can move on to the next, what would be the equivalent of a, nif- a different lake in your game. You're in a different city with different goals and different population goal. If you look at, if you were to plot your progress without any you know outside uh, money being put into the game of it or putting into the game if you were to plot your your progress that the game allows you to do just during the free version it would look like basically i guess like a hyperbolic chart you know starting really fast and then decaying into yeah it gets you hooked so yeah so you start you know the first couple levels you know, you start doing really well, your population grows quickly, you don't you don't even really think about the the currency that you need to put real money into. Um, and then, yeah, it just starts to then become painfully slow, um, you know, the level at which you progress unless you put money into it. So that that's one that, I mean, it was so obvious in this game that they were trying to play that card. Right. Because, you know, the first three or four levels or whatever go by and the game it was genuinely fun um but then yeah it just it was like okay now your population goal is 20 billion and you're starting at zero and the growth rate is just pathetic and here you go you could speed it up by doing this yeah and my game the fishing game objectively i think isn't even that bad it's not the worst game out there as far as like like, I have more money than I think the game wants me to have. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I'm patient. Like, I don't, it's a game that I pop open every now and, you know, uh, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll open it up and I'll play it for a few minutes and then I'm, I'm good. 
and I don't care if I don't come back to it right away. But um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't spent. I won't spend any real money on it. Uh, That's what you say now. <laughs> they're trying their hardest, though. It's still installed on your phone. It is. It is. That's the thing. <laughs> is it's a well. It's you know what really keeps me coming back is the fish, the models of the fish, like the way mm-hmm. the fish actually look, is pretty well done. And well, I at just, least I, there's that. Like at least there's effort into the game. The game itself is for a mobile game. Yeah. I would say it's pretty good. Like the actual game itself. Yeah. I mean, um, in a sense, you can't. While, yes, these tactics are sleazy, it is just, in a sense, the new norm, right? It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Because well, when Halo was the norm, everybody we'll was talk about just that. doing what they were doing. Not that it's more ethical or equally so, but. But see, it's. They're just doing what, what everybody else is doing. They got to stick with Right. Life. But the thing is, though, is like the mobile games and the fact that they're free mm-hmm. kind of, play, you know, plays into this. They got to make their money somehow. And you're right. Yeah. I don't necessarily fault them for that. But what really bothers me is that some of these tactics are starting to bleed over into oh, I see. traditional gaming. Mm-hmm. And that is ultimately why I don't like this, because uh, I'll, I'll use the easiest example. Um, hopefully we don't bore everybody with game talk but uh recently this company ea electronic arts probably have heard of them uh they're one of the largest video game producers but they're a giant corporate conglomerate right Mm -hmm. and they came out with this game a star wars game so instantly has a fan base right it's a star wars game of course and one of the big trends in, in gaming right now, non-mobile gaming, is you have these crates that have items in them that are that make your character look cool or whatever. And uh, but the crates are random, and you have to open them up, usually with money. So you open up, you you spend money to open these crates, and you get a random item out of it that, for the most part, is aesthetic only. It it makes your guy look cool or or whatever mm-hmm. it is makes your, makes your car look cool, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, but then EA came along with uh, the Star Wars game, and they put. So let me back up. This game heavily focused on the competitive multiplayer aspect of the game. So people, mm-hmm. on a level playing field, go into a game and they they go against each other, and it's and it's quote fair, I guess. So EA does the crate system, which is fine. It's not the best thing ever, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that they. One, they rigged the odds of the crates such that to get Darth Vader, let's say, which arguably would be one of the more desirable characters in the yeah. game, you would have to potentially spend a thousand hours in the game, which is a ton. Most people don't even. So items were correlated to the amount of game hours spent? No, it was a bit of math, and ultimately it's random, so you could argue that you'd only have to spend one hour to get Darth mm-hmm. Vader. But yeah. the the odds, the the weight of Darth Vader, yeah. and a, a, a few other aspects of the formula that this place used, you know, you could estimate roughly a thousand hours. Hmm. Wow. Uh, or you could pay twenty bucks to get him right away. <laughs> and the thing was, though, that with this game, and what really made people mad uh, was that they included not only aesthetic things in the crates, but mm-hmm. also what is called pay-to-win stuff in the crates. 
And so if you wanted to... actually helped you. Right. If you wanted to, you could just get the best gun right away and beat everybody. And that sucks. Man, that does suck. Now, here's where it got really sleazy. Uh, They said before the game launched that these crates were part of the game. They're part of the code. Of course, they're part of the code, but like they're critical to the game and they cannot be removed. They said this pre-launch. Launch happens. Everybody gets a taste of what it's actually like, and they're furious. The whole yeah. community is furious. They yeah, turned. They, they turned off the crates, meaning they lied. Just like that. They, tur- they just turned them off. So that means they lied. So does that mean that there's a lot of items that people just can't have now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so the point in is, a is sense, that this money makes. That... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, in a sense, they. Yes, they did lie because the game can very much be played without them. But on the other side of the coin, it's not the full game anymore. Well, that's right. That's that's a huge part of it is if you were it's hard to compare apples to apples in this sense. But like the the game and we can do yeah, the game itself, just as you said, felt very uh, I didn't play it, but I, I read a lot about it and, and I, I wasn't going to play it out of principle, really, even though it looked awesome. Uh, the game was not complete. And so, yeah, the right. full game required more than the initial purchase price. Right, right. And somebody, also, yeah. somebody also did the math to, uh, again, a bit of an estimation, but mm-hmm. um, I did actually, I lied earlier. I lied earlier. I did actually look this up. Roughly $400 right. would be needed to get every item. Dude. 400 bucks. So these these mobile game tactics have they started in the mobile game world because things yeah. were free and people had legitimate reasons to make money other ways. Mm-hmm. But then these assholes over at EA were like, "Oh shit, let's do that." But we everywhere we can do it better. But you're paying six. This game costs sixty bucks. Yeah. Out of the gate, it's so still you're paying a full six. Price game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If it were free, and then you paid money for the crates. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll back off. But yeah. so, what's happened as a fallout? Uh, the game is not doing well. Uh, lots of people are done playing it. They there's there's only a couple of multiplayer maps, so most people are done playing it. Yeah, which means they didn't you know they didn't spend money to flesh out the initial game. But the problem is, is they made all their money on the initial launch. Yes, their long term because everybody money, pre-ordered it. Right, everybody pre-ordered it, right. So, they, yes, they didn't make money necessarily in their long-term scam, but mm-hmm. uh, they certainly made enough money to do it again. Really? I mean, they're going to do it again, but... It wasn't but... a total failure for them? No, I don't think so. Wow. I don't have those exact We don't Even have those Even despite all the numbers. hate they got, they seem to... Uh, it was a Star Wars product. Yeah. They, mm. were, they were smart to try it with that one. Interesting. So they'll 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 learn and they'll come up with an even more underhanded tactic later. Can you tell I like them? Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so I mean, yeah, let's yeah, say go though, ahead, go ahead. I, and I'm gonna bring up Rocket League, a game that we both play, also uses the crate system. But yeah, the items in there are totally not needed to play the game at all. Right at all. 
right. all they are are aesthetic upgrades. Um, but you could easily spend four hundred dollars to and not have everything in that game. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's not the fairest thing to to lay against them. Uh, but, but again, it's not imperative to your ability to play the game. It's also nope. not a sixty dollar game. Right. All that stuff. Yep. Yep. So um, I have that, a couple more that I thought of. Yeah. If you want me to well, say them, or you yeah, can, go for you it. can go with yours. First well, no, I mean that's that's really the arc of of my thought process was. Yeah. I was playing the game. I noticed in myself that I'm playing two games. I'm playing the game itself, and I'm also identifying all the areas where they're trying to trick me. Mm-hmm. And then, and, well, there's and the third game we identified, the game with your own brain on how patient you are. Right. 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 <laughs> And then I started thinking about how that was impacting current gaming and all that, which isn't necessarily a unique thought, but it's it <laughs> hits it hits home. Well, I thought of some uh, some other little examples um, in mobile games that are yeah yeah along the lines. Hit me. Um, all right, so one, these both both of these uh, examples have to do with advertisements that pop up in free games that was one of the th- <laughs> so wait wait sorry real quick you can yeah. you can maybe you, maybe this is what you're gonna say but you can uh you can you can watch ads just to get money yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah that's definitely one i've done which, it too. i mean i guess it's, a, which i guess is just honest i mean i guess that's just the most honest form i, I can't really knock them for that no i mean you don't have to. So, um, but yeah, in regards to the ads, so let's say you're playing a game that's free and you haven't paid for the ads to go away, so you just in a loading screen an ad comes up, whatever. Um, they will either, well, I guess for the ad specifically, the X button to close out the ad will either be way too close to the button <laughs> to open the thing they're advertising or the other one I've noticed is the X button will be integrated into whatever artwork is there to show the ad. So they have Ooh. to give an X button, I think, Yeah. obviously, to make it go away. But they'll, like, really do their damnedest to hide it. I haven't seen so that one. What I search. have, yeah. what I have seen is two. I've seen two X buttons. Oh, shit. Yep, I've One's seen fake. two. One's fake. Oh my god. That's worse. Can you tell, or do they look identical? So at least um, in my app, the X button that you're supposed, that you want to hit, is always the smaller, and it always looks the same. Yeah. Versus the different ads have their fake X buttons, you know, here and there. And they they potentially look different. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> they also mess around with button sizing and stuff. Oh, totally. Like, totally. Maybe not in an ad itself, but, you know, in that coin menu or that fish menu you're talking about, you know, the the no thanks button will be tiny in the bottom row next to the giant, you know, pay $5 button or whatever. <laughs> or the, the, the pay money button will be green and the, yeah. the don't, yeah, the don't pay money. Yeah. That one, that's mean, actually. Yeah, that's just playing off of that's that's literally playing off of like conditioning. We're just, conditioned to know that green means go. Yeah, that's like operational stereotypes that they're just right. playing to. Yeah. 
Um, you said, do you have any more? Uh, no, I thought I had more, but those two kind of went together. So I'm some other think, aspects, more. some other aspects about this whole world that I just found interesting. Um, the game has an Instagram account where if you check their Instagram or Twitter account, potentially you might get a, a code to unlock a lure that you shouldn't already have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Only if you like, comment, and subscribe. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So they, they got the multi-level. Yeah, they got the multi-level marketing thing going on. Um, in general, it's just one big dopamine hit, right? It's that's what they're doing. They're just pressing that dopamine button as much as they can. I mean, that's any game, right? Yeah, it is. It is. But they just use colors and sounds and all that to, to really get you to to want to buy. Um, so the, the last bit I'll, I'll talk about just quickly here is I, I referenced a little bit we're in a bit of a postmodern world, I guess, as far as mobile games go. Um, yeah. So there are some horror stories that led to apps and mainly apple really uh putting tighter restrictions around the ease of which it's it's a, you're able to buy stuff within the game so I, I won't go through specifics but basically there are there are many stories where children were playing on their parents phone which at the oh, time yeah. Yeah. which at the time was was one click set up for payment mm -hmm. on uh, through mm -hmm. the itunes store so you just click once and that's it you're done so kids were racking up literally thousands of dollars in a yeah. day just <laughs> buying stuff i heard on about their... apple like reimbursing like tens of thousands of dollars to people because yeah of that stuff happening so they were like all right we won't let that anymore so what apple does now is uh first off all games with in-app purchases are labeled and then you can filter on in-app purchases so if you don't yeah. want apps that don't that do that you can filter those out right and then really the only other major thing is that now when you go to buy stuff within the games you do have to click through some additional screens to confirm your right, purchase you get, and you get more than just whatever in-game screen like right. you have to confirm through an apple menu itself right and if you want to as a parent you can set up even further you can set up like two-factor authentication on the purchases and whatnot right, so, that, right. so that your kid literally cannot buy stuff within the game <laughs> um and then, and then they within the the app store itself, when you when you submit a map, jeez, when you submit an app, they they actually do go through it, you know, for the first time. And so, if you're trying to if you're trying to skirt the rules, you know, they will shut your app down, which beforehand yeah. they would. So, oh, sorry. One other thing I wanted to mention too, just my my uh, ooh, what's the right word? I'm looking down on mobile games. My elitism. As far as mobile games are concerned, um, there's this trend in mobile gaming to just like make shitty ripoffs of main games. So there's like 40 Grand Theft Auto clones out there, and you so you can go to the App Store and you can type in Grand Theft Auto, which is an awesome game that you you know you play on something other than your phone, like on Xbox or whatever. But you can go play these shitty knockoffs of GTA. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like a lot of them, at least in this particular context as you kind of how you said earlier it's the same game just reskinned like 
and and I mean I mean literally the same game, like the same physics engine, the same guns, like so. There's basically the same app just on the app store, just thirty different times. Yeah, yeah. That's In fact, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna do it right. Now. So I'm I'm pulling up my phone. I typed in GTA. The first option is I don't even know who it's by, but it's seven bucks. Um. Then there's another there used GTA. to be this one mobile game conglomerate. I don't know how popular it is anymore, but Game Loft, I think. I don't know. And they used to make they used to be big on like the the knockoff games. Like they would make them slightly different, but um, let me see if they're still around. Game Loft. Gangster New Orleans. It's just a GTA knockoff. It's free to download, which is different than most of these. But anyway, yeah. So that that part. Oh just... yeah, they're around. And they're, doing, just... they're doing it on every game. Yeah. That's the free to, free to play stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had one. It was called. Uh, what was it called? And the thing was, is that, again, same thing. The games were good. But, um. Yeah, they just employ all those ta- tactics. Nova was a good game, um, it was kind of the Halo ripoff. Um, oh, I do remember that one. Okay. I can't see. That's though. the thing, too, is I, I can't do those kinds of games on the phone. I can't do the... It, dude, it's tough on the phone. When you do the yeah, virtual joysticks. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see having, like, an iPhone 8 for that, but I don't, so... Or not just an 8, an 8 Plus, I guess. But one of those giant-ass phones. So, yeah, that's my uh, that's my rant on... Mobile gaming and... my... I have to admit, I was definitely addicted to Candy Crush once. (laughs) So, okay, what what even is... So, is the game... Tell me this. Is the game mechanic itself good? Like, the objective of the game? The actual... The actual game. Um... I mean, yeah, I guess so. It it kept me playing, and it was fun while you were playing it. But was the game like just getting the high score and the sounds and the colors keeping you coming back, or was it the the actual? No, I could... mean, I guess more of that because the whole point of the game is just like any um, what are the I don't know what that type of game is, but or you're just like aligning tiles and stuff, and it causes them to break away and okay, um, you know, and there's different version, different tiles that do different things and. So I guess what I'm what I'm getting it's at there is strategy, and it's strategy, right? In the end, right. That's what I was going to say. That the game mechanic there is you're flexing your mental strength. The yeah, fishing game, yeah. the fishing game, the mechanic is you throw the lure out, which mm-hmm. matters. How you throw the lure out and where you throw it out matters. Um, you have to be selective in the type of lure and the type of line and the type of rod you use. You have to be selective in how you move the lure to attract bigger fish. Um, And then once you've hooked a fish, there is actually a challenge to bring the fish in beyond just holding down like a button. You actually have to work to get the fish in. Yeah. So to me, that is entertaining versus, and and so the equivalent to your, what your example would be, would, would be the strategy of, of winning the game would be the mechanic. Yeah, I don't know really what what makes it so addicting though. Colors. I don't know combination maybe. 
Well, that that plays into why I had such a big problem, why I had to delete it. One day, I so this was during college, I was walking through the hallway, in peak of addiction, I guess, um, and it was like a tiled carpet on the floor. Dude, I kid you not, I'm not being dramatic here, I saw the little Candy Crush tile pieces in the carpet. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> as I was walking, like, the game just, like, visualized and materialized in front of me on the ground, and I was like, that's it. It's over. <laughs> Deleted it right there on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it freaked me out. <laughs> but in Candy Crush, like, okay, sorry, I'm going to go back to the fishing. In the okay. fishing game, if I were going to pay to win... Ultimately, what I could do is get the biggest fish possible. In okay. Candy Crush, if I pay to win, am I winning the hardest game possible? Am I? I have no idea what the pay to to win aspect of the game is. To be honest with you, fair enough. I really have no idea because deleted it. Well, <laughs> yeah, that and um. I'm looking at it now. I think you were allowed to make a certain amount of mistakes in each level before you'd have to restart. And I'm, from what I understand, the levels are infinite. They keep adding more and more and more. So okay, so the paying, the paying to win helped you cut down on the need for patience, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Or to keep yep. retrying a level. If you, if you couldn't beat a level, it would help you move past it. Got it. So not the worst thing in the world, I guess. Well, Something but if called... I pay to get if I get pay to get past level eight, isn't level nine gonna be harder? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, yes, actually. There's something called the lollipop hammer that you can buy for a dollar ninety nine. Oh, okay, real fast. While you're looking at that, what mm-hmm. um I'm gonna pull up my fishing game here. What uh, what's the biggest <laughs> first comment is a love hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> what's the biggest dollar amount you can spend on that game? Yeah. Oh, like it was in, $4.99. in one, in one in button one click. Four ninety nine. Yeah. Ooh, mine's twenty four ninety nine. Jesus. Oh, dude, actually, I wanted to mention this before. Have you heard what the hell was the name of it? There was an app a long time ago when regulations were less on the App Store. Where um, the person uploaded this app, and I forget who it was, um, and it did nothing. It was literally like a picture of something, like a diamond or something. And it was up there for the highest price that Apple allowed at the time, which I believe was $9,999.99. So they put this app up there that did nothing at all, gave it an interesting name, um... And it sold a couple times. And then Apple eventually pulled it. And I believe Whoa. it refunded the money. I'm not sure. But I don't remember that part. But yeah, somebody sold a $10,000 picture on the App Store a handful oh, of times. Oh, you know, I, I do kind of recall this. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't have any details. Yeah, yeah I, I won't either. But it did happen. Freaking Wild West when that shit came out, man. I was going to say, human ingenuity right there. Like, props to that guy <laughs> who figured that out right? in a way, right? I'm allowed to put it up for this much, so... Do it. Somebody's going to pay for it, right? Some rich person was like, all right, what the hell costs $10,000? Let's do it. Pretty much. I think that was the point of the app, and the name played on that. So, 
All right. I think that's enough for this week. Yeah, we've rambled on for long enough. Yeah. Check out the website. Hit us up at wanderingberrycenter at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Twitter, Thanks Instagram. For, yeah, Twitter and Insta. Yep. Except for Facebook. Still gonna, I'm still going <laughs> to stick to that one. <laughs> Even though they own Instagram. Whoops. Yeah, shit. All right. All right, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Peace.